When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello one and all and welcome to Behind the Glass, the podcast which takes you behind the scenes of the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass as well as the automotive and social media worlds. I'm your host Sam from the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass and this week I'm joined by Harry Hammond from Lorbeck Luxury Cars in Melbourne, Australia. The guys at Lorbeck very kindly offered to host a meetup for me whilst I was passing through during Drive the World and considering they are one of the biggest and most impressive car dealerships I've ever been to, I thought it'd be interesting to sit down with Harry and chat about the car and supercar market in Australia and in Melbourne. We recorded this just before the meetup started, so you can probably hear in the background not only a DJ playing a whole load of live music, but also some cars revving and arriving into their huge parking lot. So apologies if the sound has interfered at all. Also, we were interrupted a couple of times as people arrived, came and went, came to say hello. So hopefully I've edited all those out, um, but sit back and enjoy because Harry is a really interesting guy, a young guy who is who is intrigued by cars that not all of us get intrigued by, classics and pre-war to be specific, but he also shares a lot of interesting thoughts on the Australian car scene and the more modern supercar. Make sure to subscribe for upcoming episodes wherever you're listening to this podcast. Well, Harry, thank you very much for, for hosting me today here at this absolutely stunning dealership. It's an absolute pleasure. We wouldn't have it any other way. I think you, this has got to be one of the most amazing sort of car dealerships in the world in terms of presentation, scale, variety, history, everything. Yeah, well, a massive amount of effort goes into keeping the place looking as good as it does. I mean, it's three years old, but it's still, we like to think, looks absolutely brand new. But more than that, there are lots of other dealerships around the country who have cars that are comparable to us, probably not on the same scale that we do, but certainly the quality of the cars will be getting close to what we offer. But we want to create an environment which is inviting for people, and so our philosophy is that most people who own a collection of cars don't actually drive them. So we're offering the experience of having a car collection just in the same way that anyone else would because they don't really drive them, so they can come down and enjoy them, but the bonus is they don't have to pay for it. <laughs> so people can come down, have a coffee on us, 
have a look around, enjoy the cars, experience them in just the same way that most car collectors actually do experience their cars. It's a very inviting space as well. Um, you guys listening obviously can't see where we're sat, but we're currently in a sort of, well, I guess an office uh, or a boardroom overlooking the showroom below us. It's very James Bond. We've got the it's, James Bond seat in the yeah, corner too. It is. There's a huge sort of the red chair behind chair. us where you can look out onto the cars below. And I guess this main uh, first showroom is kind of really the special cars. Yeah. Um, we've got everything from 720S, Lamborghini Aventador. Two 720S. Sorry, thank got. you very much. Yes. Two 720S. We've also got some amazing sort of memorabilia, race car memorabilia hanging around on the walls and on the roofs. I'm looking at a Ferrari Formula One car from 2001, which is like yeah, my, my, makes me smile a lot. And you can't actually see it from downstairs. You have to come upstairs. So it's a little hidden gem we've got. It's unbelievable. And you find them everywhere from race overalls to all the different toy cars. Who, the who is the toy cars though? They're all Shrekos. Okay. So he just, he just collects them over 35 years of being in the motor. He tells you 35, I suspect it's actually longer. He likes to pretend <laughs> he's a bit younger than he is. Oh, we'll say that's 25. Yeah. But that's collected over many years of being in the industry. And then, you know, we've, we've got the streamliner on the, on, the, um, on the wall, which has actually got race pedigree. Wow. That, that was a car that was raced. I can't remember all the details off, off the top of my head, but we've got a little... Um, plaque over there which details everything that's done amazing so everything's got a little bit of history everything's got a bit of a story behind it so it's not just bits and pieces that are randomly sort of sp scattered around everything has a story and everything comes together in one way or another that's significant to us sure okay well talking of stories let's let's go back to the beginning and start with yours uh how long have you been working here at lawbeck and are you a car guy or are you a salesman through and through what's your story no, well I'm probably a natural salesperson, but I generally keep away from it because I think it's it's hard to, um, you can't do everything. You need to sort of have a bit of separation. And particularly when you're in a position where you're almost offering advice, because our marketing, we try not to push selling the cars. So we're almost offering advice. So I'd want to feel like I'm in a position where people could trust me to say, you know what, that's probably not the car for you. This might be a better option. Let them make their decision. Where if they see me as a salesperson, they're going to think I'm ha have a vested interest in it, where I might not necessarily exactly have that. But um, and going on that tangent, I've completely forgotten the rest of your question. <laughs> I basically said, where did it yeah. all start for you? So how long have you been here at Lawback, and and where did your uh, passion for cars, if you have one, start? So I've always loved cars, absolutely obsessed with them. When I was really little, I was very sort of Asperger's-y sort of thing. I used to have the biggest collection of matchbox matchbox cars you've ever seen. I had thousands of them. And I used to line them all up from one end of the house to the other, biggest to smallest, and I'd play with them. No one else was allowed to touch them. And I absolutely adored them. And that really got into, got into my system. And my grandmother was sort of strangely into cars. She always had sort of interesting cars. She had, you know, Fiat 124 Coupes back in the 70s. Wow. They always had, my grandparents always had Jaguars. And when I was little, she had a burnt orange E30 um, three two five coupe, I think. What a baller! <laughs> yeah, so so, and I always loved that car. And they used, I was a pretty badly behaved child, always screaming, always upset. But the one thing that would always make me happy is they'd throw me in one of the cars and keep me there, and I would just sit there entertained for hours. And we used to have a holiday house up at um, Noosa, and we had a car there which was an old ex-army Land Rover, and everyone in the family absolutely hated it. But I love the thing. I just remember, I still to this day, I would have only been two or three when we had that car. Just the sensation of holding the gear, the, the gear stick and feeling the vibrations and the noise and that smell of petrol and probably leaking petrol and, and burnt oil and all that sort of other stuff that goes with old cars and just, it just exciting me. 
and ever since that I've never been able to shake it off which is unfortunate because you know I think there are other hobbies which are a lot cheaper and more <laughs> yeah, affordable yeah but I think not as fun I mean I think being a if you enjoy it it's fun, fun yeah. but I can't enjoy other things I just um, I just love cars cars but it's and, so, a and yeah and that's what brought me to do all of this so were you uh, have you only ever worked in the car well like, is that what you no. wanted to do or no to be honest I never uh, I, I, I still to this day don't know what I want to do when I grow up <laughs> so I just I have a habit of just sort of stumbling into things and just I've always got the mentality you just give something a go if you don't like it you move on things naturally take their own course so you never know what's around the corner and I've always liked that element of um, surprise I guess so I've always just thought you know give it a go see what happens and if you can offer something to you know a company I'm not um, biologically related to Shreko or anything like that but we just get along really well and if I can do something that will benefit him and his company also doing something that I enjoy that's a win-win and that's sort of the the view I take with it and so growing up with your matchbox cars yeah uh, what were the cars you were leaning towards because below us we have a lot of maybe you'd call them European uh, exotica um, yes, but yeah, there's a fair. whole there's a whole Australian car culture which I'm starting to get a hint of so the the Utes and and the muscle well, the, cars yeah well the, the Australian car culture is dying a little bit unfortunately just because of the, the manufacturing's left the country but the, to be honest, my, my passion really lies with um, pre-war cars and um, 60s sort of um, coach-built classics. Those are the cars that I absolutely love. So your pre-war Rolls-Royces, um, Bentleys, um, not so much Italian cars. I think they're, to be honest, I know people are probably going to chase me with pitchforks and, and, and flames on sticks, but I think they're a little bit overrated, to be honest. <laughs> Look great, sound great, but they're not that nice to drive. Where the old British cars, just superb to drive. They just had this... There's just a, something about them that I love. Do you mind but, me? Do you mind me asking how old you are? I'm, I actually have to think about that sometimes. <laughs> so I, I can never. I'm, I'm not very good at keeping account of that. But I'm 27 turning 28 next next month. Yes. Okay. Well, it, it's the reason I ask is you don't find many people these days because I assumed you were of that kind of age. Yeah. Uh, that are into pre-war or, or 60s cars. It's mm. rarer and rarer I find. Yeah. So. That must have come. Was it from your grandma that you mentioned? Like, no, where no, did no. That no. Come so from? I, I worked. I worked um, with pre-war cars for quite some time, and I, I obviously know how to drive um, crash box cars, and uh, I spent a lot of time driving um, silver ghosts, so um, like uh, parallel bonnet ones, and um, uh, uh, a lot of um, London to Edinburgh style cars. So that driving that type of car, it's a, it's a. An experience that you don't get from any other car. It actually gives you a, an understanding of how cars work and gives you a whole understanding of mechanical sympathy. So under, to be able to drive a crash box, you have to actually understand how a manual gearbox works. And once you drive a car, uh, one of those gearboxes, you then realise we're actually pretty rough on, on all, the, all these modern cars. I mean, if, th theoretically, you should be able to drive any of these cars without a clutch. And if you can do it, then you're doing it properly. But if you right. can't, then you're probably doing some damage to the car. It's but, amazing but how... Is, how did you get into the cars? What's... what's oh, how... my, uh, I, I would blame my mum. <laughs> I, okay. I don't know if I blame is the right word. I was Formula One obsessed. Yeah. So I've always been obsessed with motorsport, but the road car thing came from sitting on my mum's lap driving her Audi A4s at an age that was definitely not legal. Okay, yeah, we've all <laughs> done so that. I think, yeah, I think that was kind of where it really tied in. But for a long time, it was always the modern stuff. Like, like my passion for Ferrari came from the Ferrari Formula One team, and my passion for supercars just came from... 
being in London, seeing big, shiny, fast cars. It's natural, particularly if you're down in Knightsbridge or, or, exactly or in the it, West yeah. End or something. You're always seeing something interesting that a Russian or a Saudi prince has got or something like that. And that's like been that. going on forever. And that's where yes. I was growing up. So mm. I was surrounded by this and thought it was amazing. And I was a little bit snooty towards classic cars and definitely pre-war cars. I was like, what is this stuff? Don't yeah. get it. Yeah. And thank God, through YouTube, through the people that I've met, I've learned and built a real appreciation and now quite a fascination with, for me, maybe not pre-war. Pre-war still I struggle with a bit um, just because of lack of knowledge. But the 60s and 70s stuff I'm obsessed with now. And yeah. it's so cool coming here where you have such a wide variety of cars that span so many ages uh, and tick everyone's box because there are people that like all different kinds of cars, aren't there? Wherever you yeah. go, there's different passions, different interests. Yeah, but there's something that always interests me to ask someone who obviously drives a lot of cars and has a lot of experience with cars. What is the best car on the market at the moment that you've driven? And what is the best car if you're on a budget? And you wanted some, you want something that was fun and interesting, putting well, you on the spot. There. What I love, Harry, is I'm supposed to be interviewing you, but this is quickly. I'm, quickly I'm, I'm, sort of cu I'm, I'm curious to see okay. what, what you're in, what you're interested in. I think the best car on the market, new today, as a purely as a car, yeah. is the 600 LT McLaren. However, it will probably break. It might catch fire, and you're going to lose 100 grand on it. <laughs> but if you can stomach those three things. It's incredible. Okay, so you're one of those McLaren people. Yeah, well, I, I owned a 540C, which I'm not sure yeah. if you get in Australia, the really yeah. baby, baby one. Yeah, yeah. And it was that car that when I was driving it at 100%, which was very rare, it was unbelievable. Yeah. And probably should have been 50 grand more than, than it was listed at. But it broke constantly. It cost me too much and I couldn't sell it for so night or day. We never, we never really hear horror stories about reliability for McLarens. No, it's a very rare thing. <laughs> very rare. I mean, uh, you, you're used to it with McLaren, uh, not McLarens, Ferraris and all of that, but I mean, even them, the Ferraris now are reliable as Hyundais. Well, I think it's it's usually electronics, to be fair. So it's not yeah. like you're going to be driving and the gearbox is going to fall out. Yes. But it's just annoying glitches. You know, when you're buying a car, well, for me, that was way too much money. I, I went mm. too big too soon. <laughs> um, and I couldn't really afford it. And then when it had electrical glitches, I was like, I don't feel like this is what I should be getting for this money. Yeah. But I do think that McLaren build incredible cars that are... Uh, that beat most other sort of things at their level. Is that the, is that the bit of pomming you've been a bit sort yeah. of patriotic? Yeah, exactly. yeah, it's, yeah, it's because it's British. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, I'm an Italian I car I love a Monaro. Fan, yeah, no, <laughs> no. you imagine? Um, best car for a budget? Mm. I would always say a used F-Type. Interesting. Because I owned an F-Type R again. Okay. And VA, oh, no, is that the VA, VA? rear-wheel drive I had. Okay, supercharged? Yeah. Supercharged, exactly. Five litre, big one, and shouty. I drove the last one, first time I've driven one of the five litre supercharged last week. That car is ridiculous. It's And it just makes you smile. It's silly, it's loud, it looks very stylish. Yeah. If you got a 2014 car with 60,000 miles, no one would know that it's not a brand new car. No, no, you know, exactly. They haven't changed much. Mm. Um, likes the fuel, but it's just a sense of occasion car. Mm. Uh, and so you can pick them and up the in the UK. Run on them. Oh my so god, the bang, 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 bang. <laughs> it's, get, it's like a Gatling gun on the back. Honestly, mm. so it's a real smile car. And uh, and I think in the UK now you can get them used at like 40, 45 grand, which I think is a bit of a bargain. So. Yeah, well, they're, they're not quite that cheap here, but they're not far off that really once you convert everything. Well, let's come on to that actually. So mm. to, to come back to speaking to you, because okay. um, my audience will know the answers to those questions <laughs> pretty well. Um, what is the sort of Australian and maybe Melbourne car market like? So firstly, prices. Yeah. And secondly, demand. Yeah. Like, do you have a lot of supercar buyers or oh, yeah. car collectors? Well, that, that's, see, that's a really curious thing about Australia in general, but particularly Melbourne, because 
Um, the re it's, it's a bit of a boring sort of background, but I'll try and get through it as quickly as possible just to give you some context to it. But back in the um, turn of the century, Melbourne was the richest city in the world with the gold rush. So there's a lot of old money and a lot of wealth that still lives, particularly in Victoria. Um, and that's why you see all those really amazing sort of um, gothic, uh, well, Victorian era buildings in the city that are still there. But um, the, the culture is generally, it's not a very showy culture. And, but we're massive buyers for luxury cars. I mean, per capita, Australia is the biggest buyer of AMGs in the world. Wow. And I think the fifth biggest buyer on just volume, 13% of all Mercedes-Benzes sold in Australia are AMGs. Wow. So that just puts into context that people, the average Australian is quite a wealthy person and they generally spend a fair bit of money on their cars. And, but the thing is, you never actually see them because people are very private about flaunting wealth and all of that in this country. So there are garages, we know of garages which have got Senna's, McLaren F1's, Bugatti Veyron's, um, Enzo's, uh, LaFerrari's. All of these exist in Australia, but you will never see them on the road. Okay. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Um, and, what, and what you'll see here you'll, today, you'll see a lot of really cool cars. But to put it into perspective, this is a very, very minute. Um, percentage of the actual demographic of people that live in, in, in Melbourne in particular. People don't show off their cars, but they're everywhere. And Bentley sell massive numbers of cars. Rolls-Royce sell a very large number of cars, and especially Lamborghini and, and McLaren. They're just pumping cars. And a lot of these places can't get the supply that um, that they need to meet the demand. Wow. It's a, it's a very, it's a, we're a very small market. I mean, it's a country of 25, 26 million people. But we punch well above our weight in terms of what we buy. And the only way you can really see that is to, and it sort of starts to make sense, is once you go to places like us and you look around, you go, wow, look at these cars. These are pretty incredible. These are people who have bought these cars, had them for a couple of years and gone out and bought the newer one. They're all still unbelievable cars, and there's sure. this massive concentration. But you don't see them on the road. You see the thing. Okay. I mean, you see your Bentleys, and you see you would have seen plenty of Bentleys and Porsches and all of that. And as you say, but AMGs. My good lord, everywhere. I've seen a ton of AMGs everywhere, <laughs> absolutely everywhere. But you, but you don't see the really heavy duty stuff. You don't see the um, Paganis and all of that. 
but you drive down the road and you will pass a garage that will have a center in it you will pass someone that has a la ferrari or a or an enzo you will if you drive 500 meters to a kilometer you will pass one wow but people are very private and, and are they legal here because i went and filmed a la ferrari in a i think it was gosford car collection and i had a lot of messages yep. saying you can't actually drive that here yeah that's correct so we're very strict with in terms of um driving left-hand drive cars in this country it's not like the uk where you can just pretty much drive them here unless they're over a certain age or uh, something along those lines you can't actually drive them so a new car has to be a right-hand built drive car okay which is makes it even more interesting that we actually have these like veyrons and things which are only built left-hand drive people are buying them not to use them just just to, just to, but have to them. look at them or as an just investment or just to no, a lot of them just to look at them wow there's i mean if you a few hundred meters down the road um just in uh south bank there's a private collection which you, you can actually go into i'd encourage okay. you to go and have a look at it. it's okay. the fox collection they've got a half dozen gull wings they've got in there they've got a, a, a one or two veyrons they've got you name it it's there but it's just there as a collection is just something interesting because they've got a passion for cars wow. not necessarily because you can drive them but sure interestingly the laws look like they're actually going to change so it might be the case that you will be allowed to drive um, left-hand drive cars in the country but how that's all developing is anyone's guess because our parliament's pretty messed up <laughs> changes Probably, around quite a lot maybe not as messed up as say, uh, maybe not, sure. not as messed up as yours at the moment not but sure it's, 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 it's not far it's not wise, far yeah. off <laughs> and so what about prices then because i found australia quite expensive in general um yeah. i mean naturally the math is almost sort of divide everything by two but looking on some of your sort of uh prices it seems like cars are naturally a little bit more expensive mm. uh do you find that the case do you buy stock internationally Ever? I mean, what do you see price-wise? No, we. To be honest, we sell. We send cars away because oh, okay. the high because the high percentage. I mean, there's only a certain amount of demand for particular types of cars, and that usually works on percentages. So we might have per capita five percent more of you know this particular car than another place, which is why you know we can't get the money for them because there's not the demand there and all that. So cars generally go overseas from here and it's too difficult to import them and we've got luxury car tax and duty so if you bring in a car whatever you pay for it you're going to have to add up to you're probably going to have to double that price once it's landed okay so it's prohibitively expensive but um as a general rule cars are more expensive here than um uh than other places in the world but if you were to go to the old Big Mac rule, you know, what a Big Mac costs in one country to another, <laughs> yeah. it's relatively speaking, it's all the same. It's all supply and demand, and, and that's really what it comes down to. If people aren't willing to pay the money, then they won't. And we, we have to buy the cars at a higher rate as well because that's what they're going at wholesale. They're wholesale more expensive here too. I can only so, imagine. Yeah. And do you find that there's a particular manufacturer, I mean, you mentioned AMG, but of the sort of more prestige, exotic stuff, McLarens, Ferraris, Lamborghinis, that, that perform well in Australia or maybe in, just in Melbourne? Um, well, yeah, in that, the, you mentioned it, like AMG, Mercedes-Benz is massive in Australia, okay. massive. I mean, they're using them as taxis now. It's ridiculous. Which is, ridiculous. I, 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 it absolutely pains me <laughs> yeah. to say it, because I just think, I don't, want so, I don't want a taxi driver driving the same car as me. Sure, yeah, that would um, kill you. But in, in the super exotics, definitely Ferrari. Is, okay, uh, is it's still it, Ferrari and Lamborghini are massive. I mean, you'll, there'll be of all the makes that are here today, Ferrari and Lamborghini will be head and shoulders above okay. everyone else. I, th I still think, um, to be fair, that I think people, if they've owned a Ferrari or a Lambo and they get into a McLaren, they might find it a bit 
boring. Yep. yep. Is that is that a bad thing to say? I do. If you if you love that style of car and you, it's not my cup of tea. It's just not my cup of tea. And I think that's the same with a lot of like the new the four eight eight for instance. I think a lot of people missed that sort of raw edge that the four five eight had over the four eight eight. In every single sense, the four eight eight is a much better car. But is it just because it's better doesn't make it better? That's a thing. You've hit the nail and, on the head. And I think people still, particularly in this country, they love that sense of occasion that comes with a car because if they're buying it, they're not generally buying it as an everyday car. They're buying it as an additional car. So they want something that's really exciting. And that's why I think people still love going for Ferraris and Lambos because everyone knows what a Ferrari is. Everyone knows what a Lamborghini is. And they just love the sense of occasion that comes with it. And that's exactly it. I think, I think McLaren are fantastic. And as I say, mm. like such an exciting product when you're absolutely famous. Yes. Yeah. But the problem is when you're not, which is, let's face it, 90% of the time, because yeah. you're just driving to and from the epic road you're about to hoon yeah. it on, um, they can feel a little bit dull. And when you're spending 200 grand plus, you don't want dull. You want something really, really special. But um, conversely, that actually makes it a better car because you could conceivably use, you could use a, a 720S every single day. Every single day no if you problem. To. Yeah. It's so easy. It's If you can drive a Corolla, you can drive a 720S. It's only when you stick your boot in and you're not expecting it, then it can bite your head off. Which I think is maybe what they were trying to go for. Possibly. But within that, they, they sort of opened it up so that anyone could sort of go, oh, wow, I can own a mm. McLaren. But then also, uh, some people went, oh, this doesn't give us the same experience. Yeah. That's my own personal opinion. I yeah. think, you know, I, I'm someone the same. I want like a visceral experience. And yeah. I guess as a guy who likes pre-war and classics, you like being hands-on, feel like you're really driving a car. When I get in a car, traction control goes off. Even if, uh, even if I'm just driving it normally, I hate, you know, when you go up to a roundabout or something and you just it just starts to slip, but then it catches it because you, you're ready to react to it. But the thing is, the car's doing something else, so you, you end up in more trouble than, you, than it's worth. A false feeling. Exactly. So let's talk about this evening. You guys yeah. have very kindly offered to host uh, quite a, well, what looks like it's going to be quite an incredible meetup. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, you've been touting numbers that are, get terrifyingly high. Mm. Uh, thousand, I think you said at one point, which I will be sick at if that turns out. Uh, it'll be at least a thousand. Uh, that honestly will make me vomit. <laughs> okay. But have, do you not, you... have you not done anything with this sort of number of people? No. I really? Honestly, I might, I've never really done a sort of meet and greet before okay. until the start of this year. Right. And in Brisbane, we did a very casual thing and 500 people turned up. And mm. I, I was like, I, this isn't for me. They've come yeah. to see something else. Like, yeah. there's something else yeah. going on. Um, so I'm not quite prepared, I don't think. But do you see Melbourne as being one of the sort of the, the hot spots for car enthusiasts in Australia? Absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely no question. I mean, the, the, there's a number of reasons why. I mean, the quality of our roads are a lot better in Victoria. And we've got a lot more open roads and, and some world famous roads like the Great Ocean Road, which if you want to drive it, I'm just telling you, it's actually not that great because it's absolutely full of tourists and, you, can, and you cannot go more than walking Caravans, pace. cops, Caravans, speed cameras, cops, it's one, yeah. And yeah, uh, international visitors will cause, so okay. they're generally driving on the wrong side of the road. Well, that would probably be me, so, to be honest, but yeah. <laughs> so it's, but as a general rule, yes, um, Melbourne is definitely the epicentre of the car car world in Australia. Okay. Um, but it's, cars are popular everywhere. And, it, and you even go into Alice Springs, We've sold Ferraris into Alice Springs, no into the Do Red Centre. 
Uh, well, the buttons will, like every other Ferrari, yeah, probably yeah, will. Yeah, yeah, tell me about that. They so, call, what do they call it? Enzo's Revenge or something like yeah, that? Enzo's, go, yeah. yeah, Enzo's Revenge will catch up if they send a Ferrari to the Red Centre. But we've sold them and they all seem... And wow. there's a lot of... Um, yeah, there's, there's passion for cars everywhere. Sure. Just like there is everywhere in the world. That's exactly it. And that's mm. what I'm trying to discover and, and prove almost uh, this year. But this isn't the first time you've hosted a meet of this kind. Unbelievable. No. You've kind of become the, the social media meet and greet centre of Australia. Yes, well, that's... Uh, uh, if you, you're giving us that badge, then we'll proudly wear it. Yes, yeah, so we had Shmee at the very start of the year, I think in February or February, March, or something Sounds like about that. Right. Um, and we had we had a large number of people who came down and he gave, a, gave our Enzo a good rev. Um, and then, like I was telling you, we had Supercar Blondie come down and we the only time we could do it was on a Tuesday. And this was sort of at the tail end of winter. And it was raining um, and we were thinking, oh God, no one's going to turn up. We had over a thousand people standing in the freezing cold and the rain just coming here to to you know meet supercar blonde and all that sort of stuff we did a video with her which was great and then you've come along and you've got an absolute corker of a day and a saturday saturday evening we're going to have a massive number of people here, and I think you're going to break Shmee and Supercar Blondie's uh, <laughs> record. Way too much pressure. They Quite both convincingly. have much bigger followings than well, me. If, so. Well, well, if you, well, I'd take credit for it if I were you. Otherwise, I'll take full credit for, for drawing do. the crowd. I was walking down Chapel Street earlier, paying people to come along, so I didn't feel embarrassed. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, we'll probably have to pay them to go away. Oh, well, I'm so, I'm super, super grateful. I think, uh, as I say, from this incredible view we've got up here in this office, I keep seeing cars rolling in beneath us, which has mm. been a little bit, yeah little bit distracting for me personally so yeah. I'm desperate to grab my camera and go and catch things coming yeah. in but uh, you sort of you mentioned earlier you've got a bit of a sort of open doors policy so if people are stopping by or traveling to Melbourne are you happy to welcome Absolutely. them and they can come Everyone's, along? I mean the reason we do these things is because I mean because we actually want to have that reputation of being a, a place where people can actually come visit I mean, yes, we're in the business of selling cars. If everyone walked through the door and bought a car, that would be brilliant. But the reality is it's not. And the thing is, is that we like to think that not only do we have a, a, an environment which is inviting, but we offer a whole range of cars from, you know, cars that aren't actually that expensive. So conceivably, we can sell, you know, if someone just turns 18, we can sell them a safe, reliable European car, which is going to be, you know, something they'll be able to enjoy for a bit. They, when they start working, they earn a bit of money, they can come back and they can get an you know, upgrade to another car until eventually they end up at this end and they're buying themselves a Ferrari. I mean, I had a group of 16-year-olds, um, Just there were about 10 of them come in last week and they just said, oh, can we come in and have a look around? I said, absolutely. And they said to me, why do you let us go around? I mean, we can't afford any of these cars. And I said, one day you might. And if, we, and if you like coming here, and you find yourself where you're in a position to afford one, come to us first. That's all we ask in return. It's an aspirational and thing. Exactly. And and just and we want people to get excited by cars and, and send, feel the same passion that we do. I mean, it's hard to keep that flame alive when you're around it every day. I mean, to be honest, all these cars are just metal to me. But I, can, I still, there are still some cars that I see where I get excited by them, and 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 you, and then you remember why you sort of do what you do. I mean, if you if you enjoy what you do, you're not really working, are you? And that's, and we want to create that passion for people and that sense of excitement and occasion, and hope that one day that when they find that they have a bit of money to spare, that they come down and buy something that they've always wanted to buy, even if they only want to have it for a couple of years. At least get some memories and have something that's a bit of fun.
It's a great mentality to, to have. It's yeah. a fantastic mentality to have because you know, as, as, as you travel around the world, not every uh, dealership is that uh, welcoming and understanding. And I think mm. for sure, if you're a, a, a young guy or just someone who, yeah, maybe isn't in a position to buy a, a new car at that time, to be able to, to come around these cars, be around them and have that goal of one day, I want to walk in there and say, cool, today I'm buying whatever it might be. Um, yeah. I, I think it's a great thing to instill in people and a, a great hope uh, to have. So yeah, congratulations and bravo on that. No, but I mean, the other thing, the the other thing is, is that it's really interesting doing all these all these things because we 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 do a lot of experimenting with social media and all of that. We obviously you've seen seen what we do. We've got a lot of stuff that we do on Instagram and YouTube and all those sorts of things. And it's interesting to see how that sort of develops on its own, how it sort of snowballs into something different. I mean, we we do we get a lot of people from Bollywood coming down and filming their music clips. Wow. If you have a if you have a flick around um, on YouTube, I'm not sure where you, where you find it, but there's a lot of um, Bollywood celebrities who come here just so they can get a few, few cool cars for their video clips. And then obviously we get you guys. So you know we got um, Shmee and Supercar. Blondie Did Shmee do his down. music video here as well? Uh, yeah, it was. It wasn't a great success. So he never he never published it. I can imagine. Yeah, I wasn't actually there for. I, was, I wasn't around for Shmee. I was. I was. I'm not sure what I was doing, but okay. I wasn't available. So I got to miss out on that one, unfortunately. But it's yeah, it's it's interesting to see how it transpires and how and how that changes um, what. I guess how we do business within the broader community and how we how we conduct ourselves and 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 also having you guys around it gives us an insight into what the market's doing not just sort of what the you know the the scene is here um, but also where the market's going overseas because the advantage we have in Australia is that we're a little bit slow to catch on to everything so the smart people always look overseas to see where the trends are going and what's happening so to get you know, direct feedback from you guys is totally invaluable so we're always happy to host something like this because it's it's the reality is it, we've got the facilities here we've already got the building we've got the car park all we've got to do is to say everyone come along and and we're if, if if anyone here we're probably the people that benefit most from it and that's why we're so grateful to have you here and you know anytime you're in Australia we'll insist you come back <laughs> well that's very kind and, and I hope you come to Australia more I understand oh, I this is your to. first visit I, and I'm not here long enough I'm already it, like stressed I'm missing too much they so, do uh, say it's the best country in the world uh, so I've heard <laughs> well so you've seen as well so I'm learning <laughs> but look there you go you've heard it guys uh, if you are in the area uh, or even if you're not it's worth the drive to come down because it's a, a super impressive setup and they would be more than well, uh, happy to, to welcome you uh, obviously there are uh, Lawback all over social media. Um, I'll put their various links below this podcast uh, so you guys can check them out. Uh, if they want to follow on Instagram, do you know the handle off the top of your uh, head? Uh, at Lawback Luxury Cars. And just type in Lawback Luxury Cars on YouTube and Lawback Luxury Cars on Facebook. It's all there. You are a pro. Uh, Harry, thank you so much for joining me. It's I really appreciate pleasure. it. Let's go downstairs and have some fun. I agree. All right, perfect. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.